This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that just needs one more punch on their card to get a free cone at Infinity Cone. For this episode, we are going to grab Mjolnir to test the worthiness of the latest Marvel film, Thor, Love and Thunder. But before we do, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Lucas. And I'm Emilia. Hey, it looks like Bridget and Bert are still at CockneyCon. Wow, that event is not cheap. I mean, where did a robot who's been in storage for 40 years find all the bees and honey to pay for it? Oh god, not you too, Norm. Eh, the Cockney speak is growing on me. What can I say? It's like the army and navy on my bangers and mash. <laughs> uh, it's too bad Bridget's not here to translate. <laughs> Let's keep things moving. Since we're light on crew and someone needs to keep an eye on that asteroid field we're heading to, we are going to save the verse news for our next episode. Instead, we'll jump right into our review of Thor, Love and Thunder. But one quick note before we begin, keep a lookout for some really great interviews we conducted as of late. Daniel Brooks of Peacemaker, uh, Bisha K. Ali, the head writer and executive producer on Miss Marvel, and Stephen Blackman, the showrunner of The Umbrella Academy. Yeah, these, these have been fun interviews, too. Can't wait for everyone to let us know what they think of them. Big names and big shows that we've really loved and have talked a lot about on the show. Yeah, it's one of the pleasures of doing this with y'all is not just the conversation, but also getting to interact and talk with uh, the creators of some of like our, my favorite TV shows and movies. So this has been such a blast. Well, after that shameless plug, we are on to Thor, Love and Thunder. And of course, we're starting The Verse Way with a poetry slam, which are our takes in the form of limerick and haiku. Ooh. So I don't feel very confident again in mine, just because I wrote it right as we were signing on um, with only one cup of coffee. So I will gladly uh, allow other, others to go first. I don't mind being the person who kicks it off. What do you want me to start with, my haiku or my limerick? I, so my haiku is, I, don't th- I personally don't think it's a spoiler because of the trailer, but I'm, I'm willing to ha- have it come a little bit later just in case. So maybe limericks? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start with my limerick. Sing of thee, O the Ballad of Thor, where screaming goats soar, with a godslayer that can overwhelm and banishes children to the shadow realm. The Ballad of the Mighty Thor. Impressive. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You didn't go for the easy Thor and Gore yeah, run. No, so. uh, uh, I thought about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to let someone else handle that one. All right. So I'll go on. My, if we're doing limericks, I'll start with my limerick. There once was a butcher of gods, so Thor had to work off his dad bod. Then go rally the crew, including an ex-girlfriend or two. Oh yeah, and it turns out Zeus is a total sod. <laughs> I like that one. Didn't really tell much of the plot, but you know, you get the impression. <laughs> um, mine is not really about the plot, but I feel like it does it does sum up uh, like a good portion of my feelings. There once was a man named Rose, who sang us through many woes. His voice seldom fit and had but little wit and kept me from my state of repose. Wait, Rose? Who's Rose in it? <laughs> Axel yeah. Rose. Oh, Axel Rose, sorry. <laughs> oh, I got the whole... Which, that's funny you said that the whole we time. Get, we will get into this, by We'll the get way. into it. The whole time I'm like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not watching I this with Emily to, is sitting yes. next to me. 
All right, okay. so moving on to haikus. Um, sure. Thunder rings aloud. The worthy needs a catchphrase for the mighty Thor. Wow, I went a little darker with mine. Jane has the big C. Thor must accept her demise to learn how to live. Uh, okay, I'll go ahead with mine then. I, that is deep. I like. I think all of our haikus ended up being about this character. <laughs> Once but a blank state. Sorry. Once but a blank slate. We're getting off to a great start. <laughs> Chosen, not born to power. Dr. Jane Foster. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all focused on the heart of the story. A real quick description here. This movie is picking up pretty much a little bit after Endgame, not too long after, uh, in which we see start off with a montage of Thor losing the dad bod while he's away with the Guardians of the Galaxy off-world. And he comes home after realizing that maybe he's not finding himself out there and he's known himself all along, maybe. Uh, so he goes back home, only to discover that there's trouble afoot. Uh, New Asgard has become a tourist attraction. Which I totally buy. <laughs> yep. And uh, and the god butch- butcher na- known as now Gore um, shows up to uh, steal some children so he can kill some gods. And Thor... And Thor and Valkyrie and Korg have to go stop them. Yep. That sums it up. Spoiler-free sum up. What about our spoiler-free takes? What did everybody think about this one? It was all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was not the movie I wanted, and I still enjoyed it with a little, like, question mark. I enjoyed it. There are a couple of moments where I was like, I wish they had done X, Y, Z, which we'll get into more and that would have really elevated. It's not the movie's fault. It's my. It's somewhat my fault for expecting and wanting the comic book that Gore, the the God Butcher, was, and we got I, glimpses of it. Yeah. But all I, I kept thinking was, well, what I want to watch that movie, and then in, I, I had to get it out of my head and be like, okay, watch the movie in front of you. Okay. Yeah, Lucas, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I know that feeling because I got that feeling with, with uh, Civil War, with Captain America: Civil War, that the the comics were just way better in that regard, but. I don't know. I'm going to say I, I did not. This, this, this was bad. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 I'm <laughs> You don't not. have to apologize for it. Look, look, um, this, this was definitely not as good as Ragnarok. Nowhere near as good as Ragnarok. Nowhere no. near. No, definitely It's not. probably better than the first Thor movie, but not by much. I don't even know if it's better than the first Thor movie, only because it's, you know, there's a lot more it has to do. In a way, like the th- first Thor was just kind of the origin story Thor. So in a way, like it was that's a simpler film that and it delivers on that. This one's kind of a mess, and then ends. It it, it they stick the landing. It's funny you said Picard season two before we started recording, and I'm like that's how I feel. Like it was very messy, and then they kind of brought it all together and it worked emotionally and narratively, but it it still was like kind of a slog to get there, and I didn't. It felt very fractured. Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't help that they used a band that I think is highly overrated, and I because they only had one good album, and I will argue with anybody who says otherwise. Wait, which one? Had... Appetite for Destruction. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is the only good Guns yeah, N' Roses album out there. All of the the ones that didn't make that album made it to Use Your Illusion One and Two, and those are the only good songs after 
appetite for destruction. All I can say is, this is a whole other discussion, but whenever a band does a double album, they probably should have just released one album with the best of the best songs from that, and then it would have been a good album instead of two bloated albums with a lot of ones that should have been left on the cutting room floor. Use Your Illusion is not the only, like, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, the culprit, thank you. This is not the only culprit, but it's a, a gl- it's the one I use all the time on, like, no. wh- why bands should only, like, they get too popular, then they just think everything they do is awesome. It's very annoying. The Smashing Pumpkins come to mind as well. Yep, but, um... that's another one I reference for, like, <laughs> should have just been one album. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I'm okay with it if they are doing, like, a, like a long-form concept yes. album, but even then... Like, not everyone pulls Yeah, it even then, leave some on the cutting room floor. It's okay. I just think popularity, it ends up with film directors, too. And maybe Taika's becoming a, a casualty of this. They, that was going to be, like, one of my one of my pieces of feedback yeah. here. Yeah, you know, you just get to run too far with it. And then it's like, yeah, you kind of need somebody to rein you in. Like, I was okay with it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, using it in the movie, and especially, like... They actually used it a couple. They used a couple different Guns N' Roses songs from from Appetite for Destruction. In this right, they used both Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, they and did. They Sweet did not Child. dig very deep. No. no, it was all their greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. Sweet Child so, of Mine, November Rain. It's like everything that is their greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow. Have, and I, I like in my old age, I'm like, have we gotten to the point now where? Um, because of like Stranger Things and a couple other properties where everyone's running back to the 80s and going, what was really good here that we might have missed? And it's like yeah. the Kate Bush song that they use in Stranger Things is is good because it wasn't like chart topping for weeks on end. It was a good hit that happened. It was like kind of like a flash in the pan because of all mm-hmm. the other stuff that was going on at the time. But these songs that they're using from Guns N' Roses were major hits for a long time. It's not like nobody never, ever heard of these before. Norm, they never stopped playing them on the radio. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, I don't like the use of it. And that's one of my major um, criticisms about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I do feel like Taika's great. And, like, I think that his style obviously shines through. And it's it's, like, something that I really admire about his his style of filmmaking, but um, I think like every great needs a counterbalance. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost feel like saying that you need someone to rein you in is, is like, I hope that can be taken as a compliment. No. Because it's like, it's just so much inspiration well, that can't possibly fit into the movie. The, what made, uh, going just going on to another verse that we covered, the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy, what made the Star Wars trilogy better than what it probably would have been was the fact that Steven Spielberg uh, helped check George Lucas, and mm-hmm. then the actors um, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, especially, checked him on the the dialogue. Like you can't mm-hmm. say this and whatnot, and it became like a checks and balances to the point where the film it actually elevates the film. And I feel like Emilia, you're really right about this. Taika needs someone to say to him like, "Hey, man, you got to do this a little different." Instead of everyone going, "Well, he's been doing great and whatnot," let's just let him do whatever he wants. I mean, it's it's a classic Hollywood story, though. I mean, this is most Hollywood directors, when they get too much power and influence, they end up, like, in some ways making beautiful messes, which I can appreciate at times. This is one of those instances, though, where I'm like, the things that make him great were just oversaturated. And I'll use some examples. Like, the, the levity, the humor, the weirdness. Like, that's the stuff I love about him, where a scene doesn't go where you think it's going to go, and the characters don't respond in a way. But this one felt like they, they were giving up any moment of, of, like, grounding the film and making it feel, like, um, 
you know, dramatic and, and effective were just washed over with all these funny little goofy moments. Mm-hmm. And typically, like, if you've ever seen Our Flag Means Death, like, a lot of his stuff... Um, uh, God, you can even go back to his early films, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Like, he's usually so good at grounding it in, in true character. So you feel for yes. these people. And I did not get that. It's like every time we almost got there, it would be like a silly, goofy thing, and then I wouldn't, like, feel very connected to the material. Okay, I also want to... I also want to... Uh, pitch something here it's not only taika's fault like i I do fault him for a good bit of this but i'm gonna say right now for having natalie portman chris hemsworth uh tessa thompson and uh taika himself in it along with um christian bale and Mm -hmm. you know um we all know that uh uh russell crowe appears as who by the way scene stealer scene stealer i 100 agree with you but like those are big names those are pretty big names who are wonderful dramatic and comedic actors when you know when but in this properly in this no one showed up except for two people well russell crowe as we said russell crowe and christian bale those are the only two people who christian bale always shows up so you know russell crowe actually always shows up so yeah those are two unsurprising yet there's always the the issue that like the known issue with the the thor series is that Unfortunately, Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman have just never really had chemistry. No don't chemi- believe okay, it. Thank I don't you. Buy thank it. you. Okay. Like <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't work out. You know. <laughs> I'm holding stuff for the spo- the spoiler section, but yes, thank you so much for saying it, Emily. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, the- it's the biggest elephant in the room throughout this entire this entire movie. Yeah, but like even Valkyrie, who sh- uh, wait, wait, what's the name of her character? King Valkyrie. She's a Valkyrie and also just named Valkyrie. <laughs> so in Ragnarok, she, her character had a lot of depth and like I felt and drama and it worked. That's Taika. That's her. Like it, it works really well. And then I felt like, yeah, she kind of just fell flat in this one. And I was like, what the yeah. heck? Like this is typically like her arc was great. And then it kind of just felt like underdeveloped in this. Um, yeah. I also want to point out, um, has anybody seen Free Guy? Yes. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, when you have too much of Taika Waititi in a movie, it usually starts going south a little bit too much. Yeah, and there's too much be... Korg in this. Yeah, Cor- I I'm like you mean like physically in the yes, movie. Yes, physically. <laughs> he's not only narrating it, then he's in almost every scene, and it's funny at times. But you're right. Then it becomes again. Like I just felt it was oversaturated. You know what exactly. I mean? Like that's that's how I would describe this movie. Not enough like uh, like true drama points, and too much of the funny, weird, silly, goofy. Um, kind of distracted from the rest of it yeah I, I, I just feel like there was too much of him and it it, it definitely distracted mm-hmm. all right so did it so it obviously didn't match or meet our expectations correct definitely not mm-hmm. for me for me it's a no it's a no dog yeah i i because i think i was just we'd been on a um let me think one of the most recent marvel films shang chi which is like been on a, incredible Black like widow Black Widow wasn't Yeah, great. like with their shows as well. Like we've been on a run yeah. of like really good stuff. So I was kind of like lulled into this like, oh, everything. Everything's going to be like, you know, peak quality. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe my expectations were a little high. Can but... I just tell you, though, the Doctor Strange, I felt the same way. The uh, Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness incredibly gorgeous to look at like so there were some scenes and moments in this movie though where i was like i didn't care if i wasn't totally vibing with it because i was just like that's why you go to the movie theaters is to see a marvel film is because this is what you get the the graphics yeah. and the effects uh at this point are just so dialed in so there was things to like a bit and there was i was cracking There's up a through a like. lot of the movie yeah. i was laughing 
at the same time, I'm thinking, I'm laughing at these silly moments being like, when is it going to hit the drama yeah. properly? Yeah, exactly. And it did by the end. The end it was effective to me, and we'll get into why, because there's a lot of personal stories in my life that it relates to. But at the same time, it only reiterated how much I wanted it to be the 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 god butcher storyline is so mythic and epic and it it's is. it touches on this sense of like being in purpose that i just was so, i was like why didn't they make that movie and taika would not have been the right director for that i'm like i really wanted somebody yeah. a little more serious and a little more you know expressive about the profound and not the mundane silly little things of life but something profound and deep about existence that just I know I should not really expect from a Marvel movie. That's not kind of what they do, and it's okay. I love what they do. But I just felt like this was one of those instances where I was like, yeah, this was the wrong director to do the movie that I wanted. Not that they made, like I said at the beginning, that the movie I want. So uh, meeting expectations, no, because I was probably expecting a little too much uh, from what was going to happen. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I have a feeling that like what you're, like what you all were hoping from the gore story like is what i is going to be kind of similar to what i was imagining in my head mm-hmm. not having read the comics yeah. so I, I just i just want to say um before we potentially move into the the spoiler section is that i was really expecting part the 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 look and feel of ragnarok but i was expecting the thor character to evolve from where he was in endgame and i mm-hmm. think they don't, I don't feel like they, he evolved. I think they reverted back to the Ragnarok character and like completely glossed over everything that happened basically in Endgame. So, I don't know. Like, like I just felt like... like, like it just felt... The Thor character itself fell flat again to me. Mm-hmm. I think part of the, the reason for that is he's just... I think Hemsworth, by the way, who is really funny. We talked about this. Like, if you've ever watched the the Ghostbusters uh, directed by uh, Feig, Paul Feig, like he is one of the shining lights of that movie with a, a a cast full of women who are hilarious. Like, that's a good cast of comedians, and he's kind of one of the funniest moments in that. Yes. So, I think he does comedy really well, and I have a feeling that's what he wants to do. And so, I, we're blaming Taika for this, but I have a feeling that also is Hemsworth. You know, that's what he wants to be playing are these goofy, silly characters. And so, like, the, you know, the movie kind of bends towards his will as well because he's, like, the headliner. Yeah, I, I think I can get more into this in, in the spoiler section. Let's do it. Like, Let's hit that yeah. spoiler alarm and really dive deep. <clears throat> warning, warning. This is not a test. This is your emergency spoiler alert system. This is not a test. There will be major spoilers ahead. Um, so, okay. so, Incoming! Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go off here, uh, right now. Uh, the whole reveal that Jane Foster has cancer is actually in line with the comics, and I thought it was gonna be a really good emotional point to this, um, series. Lucas, you talked about how you need, you're waiting for something to ground it in reality, and you start off with this. You start off with mm-hmm. the fact that she has cancer, and you're like, okay, there it is. It's already grounded in reality. Let's see where they go from there. But the entire time from this to the end, this to the end, no matter what, it is never grounded in reality. And mm-hmm. what's what's worse is there's no dramatic moments because, as Emily has said, Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman have zero chemistry. Zero. There is no chemistry between Agreed. the two of them. Which means every single section that is not rooted outside of comedy or action falls face 
first. It doesn't even get off the ground. It just lays there dead. And because of that, at no point can you get an emotional connection. And I, I want to blame this on both of them. But when I really think about it, Natalie Portman can't do romantic acting. Star Wars, the the one where she goes into like the uh, mystical world where things are all messed up, and she's trying to find her her boyfriend or husband. I can't remember what it was. But I she, don't even she know just, what you're talking about. I don't think I've seen this. Yeah, she just can't do it. She like it, it, it's not there. She doesn't do fine. romance. It's that that's fine. Stop casting her in romance. Yeah, she does so many other things. She was great in Black Swan, and that's kind of a weird romance between that, two no, women. No, no, no. That, that's that's <laughs> not. <can> argue. <laughs> no, I, no, it's I, creepy and weird. You're right. And yeah, she does it's that creepy really and well. Weird, and she does great in it. And that's what I'm yeah. talking about. This is not her thing. Yeah. And this is why, yeah. like Emily has said, the first two Thor movies didn't really work because there is no, no connection chemistry. there. And because of that, there's no connection. None of the more dramatic moments land, period. And the fact that she's towards the end dying from the cancer and that Mjolnir is actually not helping but hurting her doesn't land at all for me. At no point do I feel bad. The only good thing that happened from this is that now Natalie Portman has been hopefully removed from the MCU because I'm sorry she had three films to make me like her character and at no point do I like her character outside of her comedic moments or her action moments in this. End of rant. Okay. That was my, pretty wow. much what I was expecting. I, was, I thought you might even get yeah. meaner, but... Uh, but, no, I completely agree with you that, you know, she is at fault. The chemistry is at fault, so I can't just blame her. It's like the, the two of them just you don't buy into their relationship, and without that, which is supposed to be the soul of the film, you kind of... It doesn't really work at all. But beyond that, okay, so, you know, can't... Have abandoned that. Yeah, I mean, they, they. I don't know what else they could have done because that kind of is the whole point of the story. But the, the idea that she has cancer is awesome. This idea that she has cancer and the only thing that's supposedly going to save her is the, is Molnir, but at the same time, that's what's killing her. It's a perfect setup. Like, that, the drama inherently in there and her having to sacrifice herself. So I've had cancer in my life. My mom died of cancer when I was seven. And to see her go through chemotherapy which is essentially you're going to try to save your life and it and it's pretty much killing you as you die and the choice being do i try to live a life of health while i have it or do i like try to save myself with no guarantee i'm going to live that is a inherently like human and scary choice and so the fact that they had that to play with and it didn't work frustrates me to no end but it also goes into the whole tie into the 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 thematically this movie is a mess like, they start with Gore and this whole idea that, like, you know, he has faith in the gods and they betray him, right? So then he's going to kill them all. They, and I love it. I'm on Team Gore, by the way. Kill all gods. Eat all the rich. Yeah. Like, this yeah, idea is, like, cool. there's something great about that where I was like, by the way, we start with him. Why aren't we with him more? He should have been killing more gods. They should have made him out to be so scary. When they get to the whole, like, pantheon of gods where they go to that party, I was expecting Gore to show up and start slaying gods left and right. It would have been an incredible scene. But instead, we get, like, goofy silly, and it never, like, fully works out. And then, you know, so this idea that uh, of watching, um, you know, uh, Lady Thor or whatever. Sorry, m- the Mighty, Mighty Thor, Thor. Mighty Thor go, you know, go through her, you know, Why her whole... Why is she also called Thor? <laughs> yeah, no, I never... Because she has Molnir, but other people had it, and they're because, not Thor. So... Um, I know she's like dressed like Thor, but she can't. So she's not literally. Thor. He, <laughs> in the comic books, it, it, they called her Mighty Thor because at one point in the comics, Thor was transformed into a 
female and went by the name Lady Thor. So they didn't want to go with Lady Thor. They could have picked another name from, from Norse mythology, but I think they've kind of run the gamut on those. Mm-hmm. So they kind of were like, oh, let's just revert back to Mighty Thor and pay they homage to just go with, like, Jane. <laughs> Which yeah. she did. I mean, that was the things I kind of liked is her, like, trying to figure out her identity. Like, there was things to like in this movie. But that total, that whole idea of, like, the cancer thing being something that a lot of us have had to deal with in, in this life. And, like... I did like that choice that she had to make, which was instead of tr- like trying sitting here to, to take a gamble on, on this radiation working that's killing me as well, along with the cancer, I'm going to embrace living life at the end and like giving my life to something greater. And I like that storyline of her. Um, and I thought it was fitting that she ends up with like, you know, uh, you know, big spoiler, she ends up going to Valhalla at the end. But then I was like, wait a second, she gets to go to Valhalla, but she didn't die in battle? Right? Techni- did she technically? She, did she technically she die in battle? Dies in battle. But then why well, didn't they I mean, have they Gore gave, stab her and kill her? Like definition. That, it it just felt like that was a missed opportunity. Like he should have stabbed her and killed her, and then she died in battle and went to Valhalla, which would have been cool. But she just like kind of faded away into pixie dust. I don't know. Like there was things that I felt like they almost got there, and then they would just miss the opportunity. And you know, and they kept talking this idea of belief, though, right? Like Gore lost. Like his gods were unworthy of him. Mm-hmm. Right, there's almost something biblical about that. Like you're supposed to sacrifice your children, right? That's and then and then your children are restored to you, right? Isn't that from the right. Old Testament? Like, yes. so there's all these things they were could have played with, and instead they just discarded anything deeper like that of having these big philosophical discussions about life and death, and instead took the comedy route or whatever. And it just to me that is like that was the missed opportunity. And so there's you know Gore's storyline, which wraps up good. Like I love that at the end. He, Thor didn't win by fighting him. He won by saying, okay, I'm going to go here and choose love. What are you going to do? And then you yeah. see that moment where, again, you talk about the, the A-listers on this one. Uh, then you see Gore make that decision, and it's emotional and beautiful. And then his kid shows up, and he's like, will you take care of her? It's like the, he was the star of the movie. And so what, how I would say this is if, they, if, if you gave me the script to look at, my notes would have been, keep with Gore more. I want to be with Gore. He's the star of this movie. Uh, or, alternatively, the, the co-star of this movie is Jane Foster. Thor should just show up and be there, and he will have an emotional arc, whatever. It'll work. But he is not the, the heart of this movie. So don't... Like, why did we start with the Guardians of the Galaxy? They were superfluous. They did nothing. 100%. They added yeah, nothing. I thought they were going to be a bigger part from the trailer, but they were barely in it. It should have been Jane Foster's story, then suddenly Thor shows up after tra- having all these adventures that they could have talked about. That's it. We didn't need any of the first 20 minutes of that film. It- it should have left been, on the cutting room floor. It should have been focused on Jane Foster and Gore, and, Gore. and her having to like be like, "But I'm not a god. Um, yeah. I just have the power of one." And but that doesn't mean, mean anything because still people have the right to exist. Like that should have been it, but yeah. that's not what it was. And by the way, part of the thing that I left out of my, my rant was this whole entire like it's not a love triangle. It was like a love. Uh, hexagon or something like that because you have you have thor thor you have thor mighty thor aka jane you have mjolnir you have stormbreaker and you have at one point valkyrie casually tossing her her hat in the ring about like liking uh jane but like the entire love story the the love triangle that does bother me the most in this is the love triangle between thor mjolnir and Stormbreaker, because at no point did they ever let it seem like that Stormbreaker and Mjolnir were sentient beings until this, and it made no yeah. sense. 
Well, there's something that is funny and interesting that they could have done with it if it was just kind of a side thing. Like, if they gave it too much they could attention. They just rained it back a little. Yep. Yeah. Again, oversaturation. That's my... Like, it didn't need to become literal plot points. Yes. They could just be, like, little quips off to the side. Like, I like when they would uh, do the reveal of suddenly the, the Mjolnir or whatever, or... or uh, Stormbreaker um, just, Stormbreaker like would be, like, suddenly, like, entering the screen. <laughs> you know, like, that's it, though. Keep those... They should have just had a couple of those moments just as, like, funny little things and then moved on. And instead, it's like we kept going back to it and back to kept. it. And it didn't really work because there's no chemistry. There's more chemistry between Stormbreaker and Thor yes. <laughs> than Jane. Yes, there is. And that's and why Thor. I'm saying, like, like... Because of all that other stuff, the fact that the chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman doesn't work makes it so that everything else that also relies on that doesn't work either. And that's like 90% of this film. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can we talk about favorite moments? So I feel like we're going to start doing what we did to Black Widow or we just ran. Uh, unless unless Emilia wants to, wants to throw her picks at this one because like her... Uh, that's true. We haven't allowed you to do body blows well, yet. <laughs> okay, so... Maybe this is a good time to t- to talk about the gore movie we wanted, which we've touched on. Because like, yes, that for me when he was introduced, um, and then like becomes corrupted by the sword and like takes his revenge, I was like, this is great, loving this, um, big fan of like, first of all, epic name, Gore the God Butcher, yeah, just like you can do so much. Name. That's like that's like a Magic the Gathering card, you know? Like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, great look. I was, I was a fan of that look. Um, couldn't, you know, I could t- sort of tell us Christian Bale in there, but it's like a little hard to tell you not totally recognize. Yeah. He did the weight loss journey for this one. Yeah. I don't love that for him, but <laughs> it was very effective. Um, but I just thought that he was so epic and he had this, like, I was expecting him to have this solemnity to him, this, like this epic purpose and, um, and and then when we meet him and he does the like the manic evil thing like I think it, that works in other movies but here I was like it's he doesn't need it he didn't need it he at could all. just he didn't need to do that like we only needed his 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 dread and like existential nightmare you know and, like he's running around killing all of our gods like that would be pretty horrific for people who believe in gods yes <laughs> um so that aspect of him I just wish they had toned down and even then like if it had just had him like be like this this creeping horrific presence throughout the whole film like that would have been enough for me (laughs) yeah Yeah, one of the things Um, they did in the comic books that i wanted to see more of is like you didn't really you saw the aftermath of him they showed one scene where it was like this gorgeous shot of like a dead you know colossus like god like they had a few of those where i I wanted more of that where you just see the aftermath of what he can he has wrought and like instead you just got one you know one cutaway Missed opportunity. And b- by the way, what's up with Marvel bringing Lady Sif in for like 10 seconds worth of movies? In this one, they bring her in in that scene with her arm sliced off. And in Loki, she was in that rerun Did somebody scene. just not like her or something? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like She seemed like a good character. And it seemed like there was more chemistry there between her yes. and Thor than there was between uh, Jane Foster and Thor. They had yeah. an out. They had an out. It's not all Natalie Portman's fault. <laughs> And Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Emily, by the way, you, you mentioned that uh, Gore the God Slayer uh, sounds like he should be on a um, Magic the Gathering card. Part of the thing that kept going through my mind when you found out that he took the kids to the Shadow Realm was Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was like, he could have been a Yu-Gi-Oh! card. So that's why I was laughing exactly. so hard when you said it. Uh. I was like, oh my god. And by the way, um, 
his overall look in this film was heavily changed from the comic books because he would have looked a little bit too much like film Voldemort had they mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> I kind of wanted him to act a little bit more like Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort yeah, with is the gravitas, cold right? Yes, and yeah. cruel. Ray Fiennes, um, and then like Christian Bale, he has Ray Fiennes chops. He could do this. Oh, 100%. easy, easy, hundred percent. And um, yeah, I don't know. We yeah, he could have he could have killed more gods. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's implied that he did, but then like the one time we get to see the carnage, it's like of someone that he left alive. Yeah, kind of lame. <laughs> that's what I mean. It should have been more focused on him, his story, and 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 that's what you get in the comic books, which is like Thor's trying to investigate what's going on, and it's like he keeps finding more and more horrific things, and you're like, oh my god, can Thor even win this battle? And, like, at no point did I actually feel that because of it. Yeah. So has anyone... Okay, so I, I uh, have been watching and recently just started a little bit playing Elden Ring. <laughs> yes. Like, is anyone a fan here of that series of games? I've been playing it. I don't know if I'm a fan yet. Okay, but, like, the general tone and, like, the style, I was like, they could have they gone that direction. I don't know how to describe it, but it is very... Maybe. All I hear from people is that High it's, fantasy, it's very like gothic. you have to be willing to get to lose a lot on Elden Ring to be able you to You have to play. be willing to lose a lot, grind a lot, and then, yeah. like, just, yeah, it, it, takes a, it takes a while to really think I don't have it. grind time right now, so I will and, well, like the, but, but you mean the aesthetics of it. The gameplay aside, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, know what you're, I know what you're talking about, and yes, I think it would have worked, but then it would definitely not have been, like, like Lucas said, like, it's not the film for Taika then to be. Yeah, because there's moments in this where they it, they capture like the in the shadow realm when they're fighting on that moon. Okay, let's. Yes. Can we dive into favorite moments then? Because yeah, okay, let's okay. Let's, let's go it. there. So that was one of my favorite moments. It was gorgeous. Like once they went black and white with a little bit of the coloring of the of their weapons, it started to feel a little bit like the comic book, and that's where I was like, oh, you can tell they were referencing it. They had to throw. P- People like me and Norm who've read them who were expecting that, they gave us a taste of it. And it just made me feel like, man, I really wish this is what the movie was. <laughs> like, they finally got, like, finally towards what I w- wanted from it. And it was beautiful. Like, the, the, the cinematography on it, the action that was choreographed in those scenes really worked for me. Um, so th- that was one of my favorite moments. Okay. Same. And seeing that it was, like, such a small, weird moon with yeah. the shadow creatures well, th- and the... The sense of like the sense of dread that comes with that that uh, the color the shading was like just I agree I wish it had been set up for that to hit even harder. What I what I loved about that scene that was one of my favorite scenes as well. But what I loved about it was how we first get to that, which is where the screaming goats crash into the moon, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like it was almost it. literally like okay guys that other part of the film is now done. Yeah. We're moving on to act three now. Like, it was, like, very obvious to me that, like, okay, comedy done now. Yeah. Let's get down into, like, the scary parts. And I thought I thought that part was really funny. I really liked how that started. I loved how, you know, once they were in there and they started using the weapon powers, like, they were charging up and whatnot, you would start seeing, like, you know, the... Uh, the, the, color the colors. And, and Yeah. Yeah. It, it was um, really well... You know, well directed that those moments uh, from a visual as well as just uh, from a just a feeling of that of those. Like you said, Emily, the dread that you kind of got from it, it felt surreal and weird, like a nightmare. And I, I really like that. And it made me, again, say, like, that's the film. If they had expanded on that, like that would yeah. have been the film I want to watch. Well, the, the thing that landed best for me on that was when 
um, Jane comes to the realization that, oh, he needs Stormbreaker, and she grabs yeah. Stormbreaker and just chucks and just hurls it. him. And it was, yeah. like, the best acting moment because, like, Thor just looks at her like, what are you doing? Like, he doesn't freak out because he's, like, yeah. he knows he can just hold his hand up and he'll come back. But he just looks at her like, what's going on? And it was, like, a very real moment to me. They're like, oh, my God, there's the best acting in the whole entire yeah, the best. Was, like, suddenly, acting. like stakes, stakes. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, it took us that long to get to find some stakes. Yeah. Um. What about what about like, y'all? What are your favorite? An- another favorite that? moment of mine was, and this is really stupid, but um, the introduction of the screaming goats. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about that. At it was it was one of mine. it was funny and hilarious the first time you see it, but more and more as the film goes on, you're like. Oh god, these freaking things again! Like, haven't we run yeah, this a rule joke of, into the there's ground? There's a rule of three in comedy that like it's funny, then it's not funny, then it's funny again. But yeah. then you have to stop at three. If you do four, then five, then six, it can somewhat come back around. But you're taking a risk there because what you yeah. might do yeah. is what it did for me: annoy the audience. Yes. <laughs> like by the end, I was like, oh, "Can they just kill these goats already? <laughs> just get well, rid I, of I them." I would like to know who voiced the goats. <laughs> I have a funny feeling it was Taika. Probably. <laughs> But he I, was I all that. over like, this the, movie. The introduction uh, of them and Thor's like they're beautiful, and and, uh, and him and Korg are just going back and forth, like giving like like really positive descriptors, and then everyone goes away, and Korg's like, "Do you think they shut up? <laughs> Do you think they stop?" <laughs> like like, it, it was a really funny moment. I'm like, "Great, okay, yeah. this yeah. this is a warning to the audience." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of screaming goat. <laughs> a lot. Um, one of my favorite moments. And this might also be a popular one is just the emotional climax of the film where we're yes. in eternity mm-hmm. that's and my there's two. like the shadow figure that's gazing into the abyss or whatever. Like that was just conceptually really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the weight of that scene, I think, you know, made the movie work overall, even if we've had a lot of, you know, more critical things to say about it. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- essentially that was my second favorite, f- f- partly for the visual. Like it's it's really that's the film I wanted, right? Like the the shadow realm, and then that where you see like eternity just like meditating there, and then you get Christian Bale delivering on the drama, which is this movie sorely needed, and it works. And like mm-hmm. his interaction with the daughter and him crying, like I was actually getting a little teared up, getting caught, you know, empathizing with his character, um, and then Jane Foster, you know you know her dying and that like it all that all worked and it visually yeah. god that's what i'm saying like the marvel effects teams are just some of the best in the business they always show Agreed. up they Every show movie. up yeah <laughs> yeah that those are you, you you guys have our we've already gone through my th- three favorites so all right i have one more to add as much as the kids i didn't understand why they were in this movie like <laughs> He they he kidnapped these kids and then right like so I guess there was motivation but like what they're, the heck were the kids doing there they didn't do anything for the movie they're um, adding they're well, adding to I the mean, young they, Avengers they had, they had they had to have Heimdall's son show up okay well I'll say though that when he gave them all powers was awesome like oh, I was yes. that felt a little I don't I, know if that was a good idea all I can tell you <laughs> is I was cracking it was up pass. it was awesome yeah like that I. You know, because I was like, why are these kids here? And then I thought about, like, I, I was like, man, I wish my nephew was actually watching this with me. Because I know he would have been so psyched when the yeah. girl's spinning around with her bunny and, like, the bunny. they're just yes. slaying stuff. It was cool. I was like, this is, 
okay, again, I was saying the movie I wanted and the movie that was delivered, that's the movie that was delivered where I was like, if I can just back up enough and appreciate for what it is, those moments were awesome. Like, they were that epic a, and that fun. That was a fun and, moment. Like, that was a very um, fun moment. And I'm glad the kids got that. And I was thinking, like, if I was a kid watching this, I'd be like, oh, so psyched because you're like, I can have powers too and kick ass. So that was a good moment. I can yeah. See. Yeah, I agree. And I do want to give a shout out to Russell Crowe, where I was like, that's him, right? Okay. I was like, that's Russell Crowe, right? Because <laughs> he's like so convincingly a jerk Zeus. It was perfect. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so, um, Emily, did you have a, another favorite scene you wanted to talk about? Yes. Um, it, was, mm, it was a tie. The scene narrowly beat out um, Gore's introduction. But I'm going to say the introduction of the Mighty Jane Foster, where... You see the pieces of, of oh, Mjolnir, Mjolnir, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool, just that that whole thing. And I was like, oh, you, I didn't know that, that, that this hammer could do that. Um, and I know it was in the trailer, so it's kind of like, you know. Well, now not, that it's um, broke. Not that it's broken, but the, the whole A reveal introduction of, of Jane film. Foster is, um, it still felt like, I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Well, I think they also did that so they could also give the um, the out to why did Captain America be able to use lightning during Endgame? I think they're trying to remind people that you can have the power of Thor, which means you can have some lightning, which cements this home, I think. But it also works. Yeah, it was um, – I, I say when she showed up, like I also knew it was going to happen – uh, it still was like pretty badass. It was still like a scene that it was enjoyable to. She did great, and uh, again, I think Natalie Portman did great in all of her action sequences. She looked great, mm-hmm. and and man, did did she look buffed up? Did for they this. CGI like, her though? I saw some stuff they were showing. Some that, like, of the stuff looked. They made it, her the, look a little. They might beefier. have. Uh, well, so they they made her taller because in in reality she's only like five three, uh, and okay. they had to make her six foot tall. So. Some of the scenes you're like, ooh, this this has a weird perspective to it, and it's be- I think yeah. it's because of that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, one of my least favorite moments. Okay, least favorite. Go. Okay, for happens to be for for not the reason of him being in it, but Russell Crowe does amazing in his introduction of Zeus. Like you said, he's 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 flamboyant. He's funny. He's He's a jerk, and it's working really, really well for. And if you know Zeus here. from you know Greek history, whatever, you know he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a total jerk. <laughs> so, um, but what really bothered me was they were there to try and mount an army of gods to fight the god butcher, and mm-hmm. when it became knowing that they weren't going to be able to do this, their idea was, hey, let's grab Zeus's lightning bolt and make <laughs> off with it. And what happens? Zeus nails Korg with the lightning bolt. Korg crumbles uh, to the ground. Her, I'm sorry, yeah. Um, uh, the, I almost slipped into the, the post-post credit. Um, <laughs> Thor grabs the lightning bolt, throws it through Zeus, who falls over. And you're like, oh my god, both Zeus and Korg are dead. And then what right. happens? No, Korg's no fine. No stakes. There's no stakes. These are and not then, the stakes you're looking for. Yeah, and then at the very, very end of the film, you find out Zeus is fine, too. What the... There was no stakes. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's this movie all over. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. It just, just goes to show you. It's like, it's like, wow, Korg died. And honestly, I wish he would have died. 
But no, oh, was, apparently if you don't destroy the mouth, we still live. What? Yeah, no, now he's just a face that has to be carried around. Until the end. Although I did yeah. think it was funny that uh, that they, they tied his his oh, yeah, face to the back yeah, and the back. like he had a, like a weird mustache because of it. I thought that was I thought that was funny. But the rest of it was like too much Korg and no stakes because Korg and Zeus are both alive at the end of this. Mm, I gotta think about this a little bit. That was my least favorite moment. That that's the moment that really took me out and I was like, wow, come on. Yeah, it's hard for me to find my least favorite. I mean, the thing that I, again, like I say, you should just cut is I was like, why are the Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie? Only because they were left over from the previous movie, Endgame, and they had to, like, get us out of there. I'm like, that's just bad writing. Just get rid of them. Like, Which they could have just He, he should have just showed up and, like, yeah, I left those guys. Like, yeah, there was no reason to have them in the movie. They could have just been a part of the montage. They didn't have yeah. to be actually in the movie. And so I'm going to say that's my least movie. favorite part is that we got a taste. And I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I was like... Can we act- if we're going to put them in the movie, can we actually have them in the movie instead of just being background for, did you know... It, did it also feel like anyone else that Chris Pratt really wasn't trying in that scene? Yeah, but I feel like Chris Pratt is n- very rarely trying. That's my... I mean, I, he's kind of, yeah. like, got it made now. He's somehow transformed into, like, an action movie star. But it, it didn't <laughs> yeah, which like- I don't lo- like... Like, listen, Chris Pratt that. is funny. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, he was good in the first two. Like, I like him because he's funny. He's a good comedy action hero. Anytime he tries to be serious, I tune out. Like, Jurassic Park oh. cracks me up. He is he is so worthless, like, as an action hero. I don't know if he was trying to be serious. I felt like he was just reading the lines. Like, he wasn't delivering them. He was just... Re- like, it was like a first take. He was like, okay, uh, just, let me just make sure I got my... a bit annoyed all the time. Yeah. Honestly, I just... In, like, Rocket, we barely got enough of... We didn't get anything from the, the rest of them, really. Like, it's just... Anyway, I was like, just cut that out. Like, no, I think that to me, I guess, like is going to be my least favorite because it just felt, like, superfluous and unnecessary yeah all right rant over (laughs) yeah i mean these are all these are all good contenders um i don't know i think one of my least favorite scenes was like when um thor and jane are having their like moment of reconciliation which was kind of like whatever because again the lack of chemistry but um then we zoom in and like valkyrie and korg korg's face are watching them um there I was like, oh, okay, like, maybe we're going to get a little bit of Valkyrie here. Like, maybe we're going to finally kick off her arc for this movie, which, like, never arrived. And they just kind of talk, and they they try to make... I think this is my least favorite scene, because they make gestures to what her arc could have been, where they're like, yeah, but they just say it. Like, they, yeah. they break mm-hmm. the fundamental rule, they say it, they don't show it, and they, they're just like, you are traumatized because your girlfriend died in battle and you'll like you you think that you know you can never get close to someone again that's rough for you and she's just like yep yeah. that's it that's all we get that's that's why i said earlier there's too much korg in this because all he does is, he's just espousing like he, he's mm-hmm. not adding you know, he adds a couple of com- comedic moments but most of the movie he's he's the narrator for the the opening then towards the end, he narrates two things, and it's like it's like all he's doing is just telling us plot, and it's like why? It's funny though. I agree completely with you. The the tell not show is just brutal in that, and like I, it's funny. I even forgot about it. It was so forgetful that I was like, oh, what? Like they didn't. That's, why was that in there? Just cut that as well. Leave that on the cutting room floor. 
Then I remembered, oh, they tried to show us chemistry between Thor and Jane in that montage of their past relationship. I, again, I forgot that was in there because it's so forgettable. I'm like, yes. why did they have that in there? Why do we have to go back in time to see how little chemistry they have? <laughs> When they're, like, <laughs> you know dressed I mean? up as, like, a hot dog. Yeah, like, it was trying to I be... Don't... Thanks for reminding me that they don't have chemistry. Yeah, but it was, like... Yeah, we know they dated. Like, we saw that in the first Thor. Like, we saw that they were sort of together. And, like, off-screen, supposedly, a lot of stuff happened. But, yeah, I, that... say, I guess there was a lot of fans that were like, oh, we need to know why they broke up. No, it's I It's the hot care. dog outfit. That cemented it for everyone. That's why. I, I don't care why they broke up. I really You guys don't. are making me like this movie even less. <laughs> By reminding you about the movie. That shows yeah, how bad I, this movie is. Uh, I still think it was all right. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I, I didn't leave the theater feeling like this. I was like, oh, that was entertaining. <laughs> it wasn't a movie I really wanted to see, but I laughed. It was some cool moments. And now Spoiler I'm just, like, story. focusing in on all the pimples. <laughs> okay. All the, all the maybe maybe we pimples. need to focus on, uh, on on more positive things. Okay. Well, let's Can't, go to the three stars. That's what we I was going to say. Can we come up yeah. with three all-stars on this? Because I, I, I have two I that so. I no question I can easily go with. Well, Christian Bale, right? We yep. got to give him yep. number one. And then I, I just. I can get with that. I, I loved Russell Crowe so much yep. in this. There's number two. I'm not kidding you. I was like, no, there's I'm, part of the I'm time I was like, is that really him? Or is this guy just looks like Russell Crowe? I thought he was a delightfully great jerk that was adding comedy, but also actually some gravity and realism because that's what this character was in all mm-hmm. of Greek mythology. Yeah. Zeus caused Total so many problems for everyone job. else that this guy makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You can understand why Gore would want to kill the gods yes. if Zeus is the god. 100%. I liked Zeus a lot. I just wish that, like, because he was so, uh, like, silly, just in the context of everything else also trying to be silly, by the time we got there, I was just like, it's a little much. (laughs) That wasn't really his fault. Yeah, I was going to say, I you know, I I I feel where you're coming from, but I feel like he was the good silly, and there's too much bad silly. I am who's the third real, actor? That's what I'm saying. I'm the having goats. a hard time. The, here. the goats? <laughs> no, no. Uh. I actually might want to go with Tessa Thompson only because she has some really great moments that are ruined by other the other people in the scene. The um the, the tiki hut scene where right before they go out, um mm-hmm. she's actually having a little bit of a moment with Thor before Thor goes out there and I thought that was really well done except for once Thor goes out there him and Jane have this really really awkward exchange that has no emotional gravity whatsoever to it and ruins it for me. And then there's that time where she's going up to get Zeus's lightning bolt and she turns, she stops, she bends over and she kisses the one maiden's hand and it's a and really then, like, flirty and then Swan dives moment. off. Yeah, okay. yeah and Swan that dives off cool. and I'm like, "Wow, this is awesome and she's doing great." So I'm she throwing it swagger. over to her. I'm my that's my third pick. I don't know about y'all. Let's see who else was in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I'll right now she's the one who would definitely I'm like, "Okay, yeah, she had the best moments that I felt were And that's worthy. all I feel like I can go off of on this. Oh man. That's fair. Definitely most underutilized. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Is there any are we overlooking a glaring addition here or if we are? I couldn't think of it. Like we're not going to give it to Thor or Jane no. or Korg. Or no, definitely not. No, um, Taika Waititi does not get anything for this. <laughs> Maybe a Razzie. <laughs> Oof. Okay, the sure. Goats. We'll give it to Tessa. <laughs> I would give it to Tessa over the goats for sure. <laughs> Those goats. The first half of the movie, the goats would have maybe gotten it. The second half, I just wanted them to die. Yes, I agree. 
All right, so we're gonna we're gonna lock those three in, Russell. Yeah, and you know what? She does deserve it, and I'll give it to her not just for this movie, but she's consistently been a really good character. And I honestly would give it to her for the for uh, Ragnarok. Like I really loved her oh, storyline yeah, and character totally. in Ragnarok. You know, so when right after all the kids got uh, got taken and they were having basically that town meeting, she was in charge and she was telling people, "Hey, do this." And then yeah. of course Thor's ruining it, which is great because I understand like that makes Thor's a lot of sense. Going to do it. Yeah do that but like she was again i thought she was very real and good in in scenes but somebody mm-hmm. else would ruin it yeah is, that's what's so frustrating is like she had so much potential like to grow with the, the past trauma the weight of being king like does she really enjoy it how important is it to her and they she wants that. to be in battle yeah. too like yeah <sighs> then they just sing sister emilia sing <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll get her own movie. Who knows? They just missed out. They, they just missed out. They missed out. Oh, well, I guess theories is left, right? Can I just call out that my that my least favorite star was Axl Rose? <laughs> <laughs> he's not even in the film. Oh, he's in it. Uh, he's, he's in, in it. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess he would battle Taika for my least favorite star. When they played Sweet Child of Mine, I was just like, oh, God, it's not just the trailer. I, yeah. was, I was so upset. I remember I literally was thinking back in the movie theater being like, God, Emily's going to be so pissed. Because <laughs> I remember even saying, like, listen, they use it in the trailer. They're not going to use it in the movie. Like, they always do that. They right. use it. And I was, I was like, like, I was clinging on to that. <laughs> I feel like I set you up for disappointment. I knew Emily was going to be angry. Not then. I was like, okay, she's not going to enjoy that. But I know she's going to be angry the minute November rain came out. I'm like, okay, Emily right now is stewing. It really like, affected my enjoyment of it, knowing how upset you were going to be. Because <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle, I was just like, okay, like, I'm a, I'm okay, I can like accept this, like this is fine. And then November eight, I was like, ah, the third Guns N' Roses song. <laughs> no. All right. And well, what about theories moving forward? Is there? So are we going to get more Thor? I definitely see Chris Hemsworth coming back for a little bit, maybe as a cameo in the Guardians movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the little girl at the end who becomes love of love and thunder. Um, how does that work? I, did I miss something? Is that her name? Don't, yeah, I didn't really understand that. <laughs> uh, I don't think they gave her a name officially in the movie, but I will just say that like, I see her and Heimdall somehow making their way to a young Avengers movie. Oh, oh cause Heimdall's, Heimdall's son. son. Sorry. Heimdall's What's, son. Uh, who's Axel? Axel. Axel. But, but I was with Thor. Like, Axel, don't call him that. But we'll yeah. call him Axel. And it's not like, Axel, Oof. but yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like Chris Hemsworth just really enjoys being Thor, so I can see him coming back for another movie where he that sets him and Hercules up. Spoiler alert: that's the post credit scene. The post post credit scene. Oh, we should at least talk about that, Norm. Te- you need to answer this question. Like, so he's not a villain, right? I thought no, Hercules. He's, he's, is- he's not okay. a villain. He's a, he's a good guy. He's been a hero the entire time. But real, did anybody notice some like CGI like mess up on the reveal of Hercules? What do you mean? Like, he's very much in shadow. Hard to see. But it's Roy Kent, which was cool. It's Roy Kent. No, no. But <laughs> I love like... that. Okay, yes. His, his, the actor's name is Brett Goldstein, but he's Roy Kent. <laughs> he's always going to be Roy Kent for me. I love him, though. I'm glad he's in it. I, that made me happy. Seeing, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, can we give him I... the, the, the third actor award? No, definitely <laughs> I'm not. I'm just kidding. He <laughs> has like one standing line. standing there and, and like, looking angry. <laughs> it's like, come on. 
right. I'm excited to see his uh, performance, though, as Hercules. Yeah, I'm, I would cu- I'm just curious how it's going to fit in. That's why I was like, oh, i got to talk to Norm. Like, what are they going to do with him? Is there a comic book line where he's coming to teach humans a lesson or something? Like, Well, maybe it's going to be like he tries to get revenge on Thor, but then there's like a bigger threat and they have to team up. They have to team up. I feel up. like that's a classic. That's very classic, yeah. Classic MCU turn. I mean, there's no way they could have less chemistry than what him and Natalie Portman had. Oh, I, I feel like Thor and his bros, like, they're definitely going to have more chemistry. Yes, I agree. Um, so I guess we got to finish out with our final scores. Final scores. Okay. Dun, who, wants dun, to, dun. who wants to pull the trigger first? I'll go because I'm pretty, like, again, this is all right. I'm going to call it a solid C. Okay. Could have done better. Oh, we have to remind our oh, right, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> our audience what the rating system is. So our and rating we- system here on the verse is a letter grade, and the letter grades are A for all time, B for better than most, C could have done better, D don't expect to like it, and F F this movie. So Emily, you're clocking in with a solid C. Middle of the road. Okay. I mean, when we when we first started this conversation i would have given it a c and now i think i'm going to drop it to a c minus could have done better like almost because i do think people will enjoy it otherwise i'd give it a d don't expect to like it but i think people will enjoy it like and in fact we might be a little overly nitpicky about some things whereas like i said the theater people were laughing they seemed to have a good time and like when i left the theater i didn't i wasn't in a bad mood right i didn't feel like i wasted my time I enjoyed it. It's only talking about the details afterwards that I've really gotten soured on it. So I'll give it a C minus. This is hard because I know it could have done better, but I'm going to look, I walked out of there and I was disappointed. I was heavily disappointed and disappointed starts with the letter D. So I'm giving it a D plus. (laughs) Don't expect to like it, especially, especially if you loved Ragnarok. And it's, you know what? I'll add an addendum. If you read the comics, oh, don't expect to like it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm gonna clock in with a D plus. So I think our average comes out to a C minus on this one, guys. Mm-hmm. I can accept that. Um, but how many? How we really? Do you know what? This is why we need Bridget because she could temper us. We might have been going way too negative, and she's like, "No, it's great. I had enjoyed it." You know what I mean? Like that's why I don't want us to get too focused on us being disappointed because there's probably people out there who enjoyed it and they're fine with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seemed like the ladies next to me who were on their phone through half the thing and chewing loudly and, like, just would not stop talking through the whole thing. Anyway, they seem to have a great time. (laughs) There's a couple nearest that was really entertained by the goats. That was kind of heartwarming to see. And they kept adjusting their seats, by the way. I love the the, the seats, the reclining seats. But these women next to me, they would not stop adjusting their seats. (laughs) Then their phones are out, like, all the time. It's driving me crazy. All right, anyway, sorry. That, movie theater goers get an F. Yeah, that, yes. that definitely doesn't help there. Um, how many screaming goats would you give this? Oh, Adam, how many? Go by hammers. I don't know. Like all the no, I like the screaming I goats. Like screaming, this movie yeah. feels appropriate to call it screaming. There's only goats. two screaming goats in the movie, but we can we can say like out of ten. Okay, <laughs> I'm giving this three screaming goats out of ten. I'll give it four screaming goats out of ten. I know I gave it a C, but now I feel like I'm going to also give it four. C minus. That's fine. It's a total of three and a half screaming goats. Or I guess because it's three, 3.75 screaming goats. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as one of them is killed, I'm happy. 
Listeners, be sure to subscribe to The Verse, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, we're on them all. If you enjoy our Cinematic Universe adventures, please share The Verse with a friend and leave us a review. Five stars sounds about right. Yes, leave us five screaming goats. Uh, and until then, you can follow The Verse on Twitter at The Versecast. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Luconian Logic on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to follow me, Emilia, you can follow me on Twitter at Emilia U. And if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you can follow me on Twitter at random underscore white guy. And finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who we recently learned is in the shadow realm singing Sweet Child of Mine to no one. He's all alone. <laughs> he can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as at Filmsnork. Wait a second, guys. Speaking of Sweet Child of Mine, is that, is that Guns N' Roses? Oh, God. Oh, not. no. Thank God. It's just our music. Well, thanks for listening. Be sure to send in those questions and comments, and we'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Stephen Kruzikowski. We find out that uh, New Asgard has become a tourist destination and has, like, even, like, attractions. So my question for you, what would be your tourist trap business of choice for new Asgard? Good question. By the way, I really want to go to new Asgard. Um, but the thing is, I would, I would definitely want to be putting on plays with Matt Damon and, um, which we didn't even mention like that. that oh, yeah. Matt Damon, Melissa McCarthy and the, the uh, third Hem- Hemsworth brother. Yeah. Like that was funny. <laughs> and then what we, well, we forgot also for what's his name from um, Jurassic Park. Sam Neill is in it. Right? Wasn't he the... Oh, I guess he was. Oh, the dad. yeah. Pl- anyway. As Odin. As Odin, yeah. I mean, listen, I would be definitely putting on performances. Uh, uh, performances with... Um, I mean, they're kind of A-list actors, but C-list actors in that universe. <laughs> Sounds like so much fun. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go... The, the easiest one there is Thor's Hammer Shop. Just bring everyone by. You know, it's, it's just just random hammers and like i'm talking like like you know how like you go to them sometimes and it's like okay there's like the actual like lookalike hammer but then they just have like regular like hammers that just have Thor like ace hardware hammer. yeah like ace <laughs> hardware hammers that, that have like the inscription if they be worthy shall possess the power of thor stuff like that and and i would even like lie to him be like oh yeah no no that one's enchanted so like it'll drive the nail through every single time on the first hit <laughs> guaranteed guaranteed um I was I was also thinking about hammers, hammers and axes, um, but I was also thinking about ice cream. So I'm thinking like meal meal pops and <laughs> stormbreaker pops, it's just like because they're both like on sticks, right. you know, they're tools on sticks. Oh, I got so. you. No, no, that, that's not that's not a bad idea. That's Got a good idea. Skulls. I think you just I need like to the SpongeBob to tool pops, the like... name because like they they have infinity cone at uh there, right. which seems a little that's, weird, but seems a little too soon. <laughs> Oh, I know what I would do. All right, so this can be spun in two, two different directions. Ragnarok, and it's like a karaoke uh, bar. Hey, the Ragnarok, Ragnarok Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> like or then, or cafe just Ragnarok or Candy, and it would just be like little rock candy that you could buy. Ooh, yes. Korg candy? They could be shaped like Korg. Yeah. There you go. Ragnarok Candy. candy. And then Korg's head. There you go. But I still like the karaoke... Uh, the karaoke bar where it's Ragnarok.
Ragnarok around the clock. Ooh, there we go. Wow. Could also be a, a lot of mileage out of that one. Could also be like a fifties <laughs> diner style. Like, Ooh, yeah. Thing. Hard Ragnarok Cafe. Hard Ragnarok Cafe. Yeah, yeah. All right, these are all good ideas, and I uh, personally, that was for me. I was like, I want to go there. <laughs> the whole time they were there, I was like, I want to go visit. 